0: The GameCube is Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. Ira Bell, Dean Donian, Jed Winters, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector on Instagram. Link, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Bendito, Benito, AJ Olson 11, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Doomerzan782, and Jude Hanolin. For now, let's just call it The GameCube Was Cool. That's probably- Yeah,
1: that's our our working title for now.
0: Working title, yeah. We'll have a finalized title by the time we get to the end of this. The GameCube GameCube Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. So, anyways, Mike, I really think that the Nissan Cube was cool is a great idea for the next podcast idea.
1: Finally, the Nissan Cube was cool. Not the GameCube is cool, but Neil, we're live on our final episode. Oh, Mike,
0: well thank you so much for joining me today. I can't believe we finally made it to episode 125. The last episode of the GameCube was cool podcast and we're now past Christmas mm. now we can get into
1: wishing people a happy new year for the next uh, 90 days <laughs> yeah that's right yeah we we uh, that's one of that's one of my favorite topics that we had on the show when we talked about uh, when it was appropriate to wish people a happy new year and I think uh, we landed on any time past my birthday so uh, because my birthday January 8th is what matters the most
0: that's right. That's when we stop uh, celebrating a Happy New Year, and that's when we start celebrating Mike's birthday for the whole month of January. And you're turning that's right. You're turning thirty next year, which is a, a huge milestone birthday. Too bad that we won't be uh, podcasting in January to celebrate with you and all of our beloved fans out there. But uh, we'll find other ways to do it on Discord and Instagram and whatnot.
1: That's right. Yes. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to all that uh, that fun juicy stuff later in the show, mm. uh, and of course we'll give the fans what they really want uh, later on, which is uh, the final game of the GameCube for the GameCube was cool podcast. But before we do that, Neil, we actually have one last massive announcement. And this one, I just cannot believe actually happened. We just hit 100,000 downloads for this podcast. Wow. And that is just insane to me.
0: That's mind blowing. I really thought like when we started doing this, we get like 100 downloads a week. Like, you know, we'd <laughs> yeah. end up at like 50,000 at best, like 100,000 downloads for two and a half years. Like that's really incredible. It's, it's unbelievable how how many people out there download the show, how many people out there listen to every single episode that we put out. I thought for sure the big episodes would do well, the Marios, the Zeldas, the Metroids, but... For some people, downloading every single episodes, like the movie tie-in episodes, you know, those are the real yeah. ones. Those fans out there, <laughs> those are the real. Those are the real, real ones. Ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those are the day oneers for sure. So, yeah, that's a huge goal that we we uh, succeeded, and yeah. we'll obviously get higher than that uh, since the year is not yet over. And that was a big goal of yours for uh, for twenty twenty two. I had a couple other uh, goals for twenty twenty two as well that I guess we can go over now. This is kind of like a revisit of uh, of our last episode last year. My main goal was I wanted to rebrand this podcast after we finished the GameCube library. We are doing it. We are going to talk about that more at the end of this episode. Uh, I wanted to finish in the top 10% of the Sporting Life 10K run. That's not GameCube. (laughs) Not GameCube related. Not GameCube related at all. Not all my goals were GameCube related. Uh, I did finish in the top uh, 3%, which is pretty damn cool. I'm a very fast runner, apparently. I'm very fit. And uh, I had another goal to get to 100 GameCube games, uh, owned, owned 100 GameCube games. I don't think I'm that far. I actually didn't count my GameCube library before we started (laughs) recording this. I think I'm around 90. So I did come up a little close uh, enough. Close enough. I'm at 100. Let's call it 100. Uh, I'll definitely get to 100 this year, though. I think uh, getting from 90 to 100, I can definitely do that. That's like one game a month. That's manageable for sure.
1: That's definitely manageable. No, those are are good goals. You have some 2023 goals coming up.
0: Uh, yeah, I do. Um, my main one is, uh, I, I, again, not so much GameCube related, unfortunately. Mm. I'm leaving behind the GameCube library, but the main one, and I think this is one that you had last year, is I'd like to get in a little bit better better shape, actually, this year, is yep. funny enough. Not so much running shape. I got that down. I want to get into better uh, weightlifting shape, if you will. Nice. Recently joined a gym again. I'm back in the gym. And, uh, yep, yeah, trying to lift some more weights, lift heavier things. I lost a lot of strength over the pandemic. I was really into weightlifting up until 2020 got out of it because all the gyms closed for two straight years and I'm trying to get back into it now. Really want to like be bench pressing like 400 pounds by the end of this year. I think that's a manageable goal.
1: I think so. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, for me, I I like to try and get back to some gyms, uh, mostly to do some PVP, you know, because uh, I want to get those gym badges and Ah, really work myself up. And uh, as someone who is going to be 30, I feel like Pokemon gyms are really where I should be.
0: That's where all the 30-year-olds are actually these days is Pokemon yeah. Go gyms.
1: <laughs> that feels more right to me. I feel more, it feels more inclusive, you know? So, uh, yeah. uh, so I'm I'm a big fan of that. But um, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a good goal. Any others,
0: Neil? Going back to video game related goals, I would like to try and beat one video game a month. I feel like Mm. I I came up a little bit short on that this year. I probably beat one game every other month or so. So I think just to, to be able to talk about games better, to try and stay in the loop on current games and play some more older games, I think I'd like to beat at least... One game a month, it's a little bit tricky with some months being really busy with work and family stuff. But I think I want to try and balance my time uh, and play some more games this year. Uh, That's my other main goal, get in shape and play video games. Not exactly two goals that are uh, hand-in-hand with each other. They kind of are on opposite ends of the lifestyle spectrum. But uh, (laughs) what about you, Mike? Do you have any uh, goals for 2023? No, I I didn't write it
1: down. That's it. No goals. No Uh, more. Just more Pokemon Go just more pokemon go uh more uh gym battles you know as 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 everyone kind of wants to do but uh, I think a lot of my goals will be uh, will be a lot of podcast-related stuff, work-related nice. things, it's definitely some life stuff. I definitely want to get in better shape. Uh, I think I say that probably every year since I was 20 <laughs> years old. So that's going to be a, a thing that comes up for sure in, in the 2024 year in review. But uh, Neil, this isn't just a year in review because there's also stuff going on in this episode. There's a, there's a game we got to talk about. There's a podcast we got to talk about. There's a new yep. podcast we have to talk about. And there's a Patreon topic that we have to talk about, our last episode and final Patreon topic for this show. So, Nilo, why don't you read out who wrote into us today
0: sure thing Mike the last patreon topic of the podcast comes from cube dude and cube dude wants to say hi guys so excited that you're almost to your goal of podcasting about every North American Gamecube game. yes yeah, that's
1: my goal there you go there you go <laughs> you,
0: you beat your 2023 goal before 2023 even happened I'm sure you've learned a lot about the purple lunchboxes library which got me thinking which game or games would you say surprised you the most in a good way with their high quality and playability over the course of the show on the other side of coin which game turned out to be the worst and more surprisingly bad than you expected looking forward to whatever comes next for
1: you guys cheers this was a great question firstly thanks cube dude i really enjoyed thinking about this one and i didn't just have one game, I had multiple, like there was, there was quite a few for each category and it really kind of got me thinking and got me being a little nostalgic about some of the games we've talked about and I was looking through the library and uh, we, we try and star on our, on our library list uh, of all the GameCube games, we try and star the ones that we recommend at the end of every episode so I can kind of go back and see like, oh yeah, that's right, we did recommend this game, like this was a, like a a tie-in game that I would have never thought being good that actually was, so... Um, Neil, if you don't mind, I can, I can kind of start this one off. Sure. Are you starting with the games that are better than you expected? Uh, no, I'm going to go for the worst so that we can, you know, we'll, we'll start bad and we'll end good. So.
0: Sounds good. So let's start with the games that ended up being bad. Mike, which games do you have for us today?
1: Well, so some of them were kind of the Wave Race and 1080 games. So the, the, I, I can, I'd like to think of them as like second party Nintendo games that we had out there. Of course, they weren't the Mario's, the Twilight Princesses, the the, the big uh, kind of games that were coming out. But they were, I'd say, double A releases, at least. They were published by Nintendo, usually made by another studio, developed by, at least. And um, I, I feel like they had such great outings on the N64 that we were kind of expecting something bigger and something better. And those were some episodes that I found we were a little surprised going back to them being like, you know what, these games like aren't that great. Uh, Not that we remember them fondly, but uh, thinking of them in comparison to the N64, we're like, yeah, these games are okay. They uh, like, you know, in the 1080 one, we kind of did a lot of talking about SSX. And I think it's SSX tricky, especially being a really good game. And I remember you being like, oh, wow, you know, this is actually like kind of changing my opinion on things. And that was a cool right. episode where we, we talked to, I think, friends of the show, Ali and Brendan, kind of about both sides. Uh, another uh, kind of franchise, I guess you can call it, was the Disney games. Oh, now, I, I, I didn't go in thinking these were going to be masterpieces, but they were all exclusive for GameCube and they were all developed by Konami. Right. you would have thought they were going to be a lot better it's Disney like Disney puts out quality products from what we know but uh you know as we kind of did a little bit of history into this console into the time that Disney was making these games Disney was not doing well as we have said multiple times before and this was almost like Disney just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what was going to stick and it was really kind of sad to see like things like uh, Mickey Mouse's magical mirror, and like some of these basically <laughs> yeah. unplayable games that that just like nowadays this would never happen. Disney would never allow this to go to board with that kind of you know just just right. terrible quality to it. So that those are the ones that really stick out to me, and my last one would be uh, Jungle Beat, actually, because I actually had high hopes oh, cool. for Jungle Beat, and that was not fun.
0: Yeah, Jungle Beat is a tough one to go back to. It was a novelty, I, a novel idea for the time, but yeah, that was a that was a tough yeah. game to go back to. A beloved GameCube game, and with the Disney games, you're talking about the Mickey and the Minnie Mouse games, of yes, course. Yes, uh, yeah. They had some okay movie tie-ins here and there, but yeah, the the one starring Mickey and Goofy, those games are... You could probably miss them and uh, and feel totally fine. Disney did come back in the Wii era though with some pretty good games, mm-hmm. like uh, Epic Mickey was a good game, yeah. and then Dis- Disney Infinity was another good one. And of course, Kingdom Hearts is always a good game, but <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about those games uh, for a little while. For the games for me that uh, were worse than I expected, unfortunately, I'm gonna get some more hate for this, I'm sure. But the Pokemon games, yeah. I really thought that they would have been better, mainly because Mike and I are both really big fans of the spin-off Pokemon games, which yeah. these games for all intents and purposes are. And we grew up with Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Puzzle League from back in the day. And those games are all like nine out of tens for me. Like they're all perfect experiences in the Pokemon universe. Mm-hmm. And the GameCube games that came right after the N64 games, they just didn't really hit quite as hard as the N64 spinoffs did, unfortunately. I know that they are close to being a mainline game, but they're not. The Game Boy Advance games are the true mainline Pokemon games in this generation and the GameCube games just didn't do it for me. I only really got to play Gale of Darkness, I believe, and I just remember thinking this is not this is not the console Pokemon experience that we have been promised. We're getting that now with Switch, but I really thought I would have liked the Pokemon GameCube games a little bit better. They did not come out quite on top, unfortunately. Yeah. And then the next set of games I'll talk about is pretty much all of the 2D fighters I feel like we talked about. (laughs) Uh, There weren't many on GameCube. There weren't many 2D fighters, um, but the ones that we did talk about, none of them really stood out to me. I know we talked about, um, what, Bloody Roar, I think was one of them. There, There was mainly only maybe two or three. Uh, Not many, but they did not stand out at all. There were even a few 3D fighters on the game pretty much anything that wasn't Smash or Soul Caliber was just a little bit disappointing. Or Shrek Super Slam. Or Shrek Super, of course. How can we forget our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Shrek Super Slam? <laughs> but yeah, the fighting games on the on the GameCube, unfortunately, everything was overshadowed by uh, by Smash and Soul Caliber, And that still pretty much is the case on every single Nintendo console. So those are the games that ended up being a little bit, I wouldn't say worse than I expected, but just a little bit disappointing, unfortunately. But
1: Yeah, disappointing is kind of the word I'd use for mine as well. Especially look like the 1080 and the waveries. So that kind of goes through your Pokemon point. Point for sure yeah. right it's like these there were such good games beforehand and then you kind of give us this and you're like eh, yeah yeah i'll take the, the the other ones exactly <laughs>
0: but let's go up on the high note there mike what are hmm. some of the games that were better than you expected
1: so yeah this was fun to think about um Mario baseball is the the one that i think really stuck out to me yes i'd obviously played the game before but i didn't really like i didn't realize how in depth it was when we had uh who was was uh little coax mm-hmm. on to talk about uh, the whole dev process of it, the community around it and everything was really, really amazing. And I love to pick that game up and play it. It's, uh, it's honestly just as much fun as Strikers and Power Tennis, which is saying something. Cause those are also great games that I knew going in to, uh, that mm-hmm. were, the, I knew they were fantastic. I always thought baseball was maybe kind of the fourth best one. Uh, so now it's maybe arguably the first best, but, uh, honorable mentions go to all the kind of kids games. Oh, on the GameCube. Okay. So I'm thinking of things like Piglet's Big Game we talked about, Curious George, uh the Animaniacs games, yes. Monster House, uh, the Cars game is really good. And last week we talked about Barnyard being actually quite a good game. So there's a lot of these very much like for kids games. I think the Dora one was actually relatively good too. And uh that's something that was a little surprising to me. I just, I don't know, you, you don't think of these most of these kids' games, especially licensed kids' games, right. being any good at all. And f- there's, you know, I'd say, like, more often than not, the 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 kind of kiddier style games were actually much more fun and much better developed than some of the more adult-themed ones on the GameCube, especially when the after-licensed games. And one more for me, King Kong, that was yes. probably one of the biggest surprises for a great game. It's, it's so advanced in terms of like the system in terms of the HUD. Uh, There's so many little things going on in there. The fact that it was obviously directed by Peter Jackson too. And, I had seen that game on shelves for our, my entire life, basically. Like we always see it on, at game stores, and I just never thought anything of it. I just thought the title was so funny, uh, but uh, when I actually got to pick it up and play it for, obviously, very cheap too, um, it was it was a lot of fun. Like there was definitely problems with it, but it was something that I had no idea there was so much love and care put into uh, to making it.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good list. I love that, especially the kids' games. Like, that's totally true. Mm-hmm. Like, we have talked about a lot of games, and peppered in a lot of the episodes are a kids' game thrown in here and there, and most of them we do have good things to say about. A lot of them yeah. weren't, like, throwaway titles. Like, they, were, they did have quite a bit of polish to them. They might have been graphically a little underpowered and maybe short, but... For the most part, they were all really fun games, and even Curious George was the big one for me, too. Um, yeah. A 3D platformer that basically looked like Donkey Kong 64. Great list. <laughs> I love that. For me, the games that ended up being better than I expected, when you and I started this podcast, I, I was really worried about the RPG episodes, in all honesty, because not that I thought those games would be bad, I just thought that I wouldn't like them enough to even want to research them and to try them out and to talk about them for two hours each. Sure. But those episodes ended up being a couple of my favorite episodes that we that we got to record. Uh especially the Fantasy Star online episode.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That 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 game really surprised me on how interested I got into it. We got to learn more about its community that still exists today on Discord and everything. And it did those episodes did encourage me to want to try and play more RPGs in the future. I'm not gonna become an RPG guy per se, but maybe it can be a part of my goal of playing one game a year. Maybe one of those games will be an RPG now. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like all of those episodes ended up being standout episodes for me, like the Fire Emblem episode that we did not too long ago. That was a ton of fun hang- having our mm-hmm. friends come on and talk about their stories about those games. So that's a whole genre that I'd like to get more into. And uh, the games that we talked about helped me, uh, encourage me to uh, go down that path. Another game for me, you already said it, but Mario Baseball. That, uh, that game when we started out was my least favorite Mario sports game, probably. And after we talked about it, after playing it over the summer, playing it with you, researching it, talking about the stats and how deep that game actually is, it's actually now my second favorite Mario sports game, I would say, nice. on the GameCube. Yeah, just behind Mario Strikers. Nothing will ever beat that, I don't think. That'll always be my favorite Mario sports game. <laughs> but still, like to put it, I'd put it ahead of Mario Golf and Mario Tennis now on, uh, on GameCube. Mario Baseball is a fantastic sports game. Glad to own it. I really hope that they make a sequel to it finally at some point. I think we will see one just seeing yeah. how Nintendo is with their uh with their sports franchises these days it seems like that they're okay revisiting them so i'm excited to see what comes out of that and finally the last game that i wanted to talk about was is a uh, warrior world on mm. on gamecube the 3d platformer Wario world we talked about it a long time ago and it doesn't really get a lot of love ever typically people will talk about uh, mario sunshine and like battle for bikini bottom being the best 3D platformers on the GameCube, I feel like Wario World gets uh, gets the short end of the stick a lot. It's it's by no means as good as Mario Sunshine, but it's still a really good, competent platformer and a version of Wario that I'd like to see Nintendo go back to at some point in the future because we haven't seen a 3D Wario game since then. It's been about 17 years or so, so <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. we're overdue for, uh, for that type of a game. And uh, it was a ton of fun talking about it. And again, another game that I'm really glad to own and uh, one that I would like to... Uh, go back and beat again someday cuz that is a really fun game to uh, to play.
1: Even like Wario gets overshadowed by WarioWare, too. Yeah. Like like that gets new games, you know, I got a game last year. Uh it's it's funny. And and also the fact that I I honestly think Warrior World is probably easier for people to pick up today than Sunshine. Oh yeah, that's my that's my hot take of the day.
0: Yeah, definitely, it's definitely more affordable. That's for sure. Well,
1: yeah, I I meant more of like going to play it with the controls and oh everything. sure. I, f- I find Sunshine is if you haven't played it when you were a kid, it's actually kind of hard to get into. Uh, where Warrior World is is actually quite easy to pick up and play, although it's harder to master. So it's uh, sure. I think it's something that that would be really cool if Nintendo brought back.
0: Definitely, I will welcome a new Warrior World game with open arms if they ever come back with it uh, in the future. But we'll have to wait and see. But until then, Cube Dude, thank you so much for writing in with that message, and to everyone else who has supported us on Patreon over the past three years. We really appreciate all of the support. And uh, remember, as we said last week, our Patreon page will go on hold until we come back in March. And we hope that you all come back and support us then. But if not, we totally understand. But until then, Mike, I think that it's time that we get into the episode at large and cover the last game on the GameCube. What do you think?
1: Let's do it, Neil. The final game on the GameCube. What could it be?
0: Well, we'll have to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 125 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. This is, of course, the final episode of the GameCube was Cool. We have been the number one GameCube podcast on the internet, and today we will have officially looked back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 554 games. You can visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. And Wario finally logged an hour on the website. Finally, that... That lazy son of a bitch. (laughs) Last week, we talked about the last remaining movie tie-in games between 2005 and 2007 on the GameCube. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. The games are mostly bad, so if you want to hear us painfully cover six games that may have been a big part of your childhood, go back and check it out. This week, we are talking about the last game on the GameCube released in North America. The journey through the console's life was long and eventful, starting with Luigi's Mansion in 2001, with six years of Mario, Zelda, F-Zero, Pokemon, Star Fox, and metroid and hundreds of other games it all came down to madden
1: 08 it's the one (laughs) madden 08 this is the game we've all been waiting for and it was funny to kind of look back at what Nintendo releases usually for their last game Mm -hmm. on a console because traditionally for uh, PlayStation uh, especially and also for Xbox it's usually a sports game it's almost always a sports game actually Uh, where Nintendo this is I believe the only sports game that is the final game on a console
0: yeah I think so I mean we do have a list here of all of the Nintendo uh, last games on Nintendo hardware starting with NES which was Wario's Woods in 1994 Frogger for the SNES in 1998, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 in 2002 for the N64, Madden 08 in 2007 for the GameCube, Just Dance 2020 released in 2019 for the Wii, the Wii U is technically not done yet, I believe that will be over next year, Pokemon Yellow in 1999 for the Game Boy, Thrill Ride Ultra Pinball Thrill Ride 2000 for the Game Boy Color, who could forget (laughs) that game? Samurai Deeper Caillou in 2008 for the Game Boy Advance, Big Hero 6 Battle in the Bay in 2014 for the DS, and the 3DS is also technically not done yet. That'll probably be sometime next year, along with the Wii U. So yeah, Madden 08 is the only sports game, unless you count Just Dance as a sports game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy in that sense. And and that really speaks to Nintendo just slicing it off when uh, when a console is done. Yeah. they uh, They go pretty hard. It's usually a year or two. So yeah, it's interesting nowadays where 3DS and Wii U have like a couple of things that will come out for it. Uh, uh and it's kind of a little bit harder to track in that sense because of also like just a lot more indie devs as well uh putting out games for things rather than big publishers as it was before there really were no indie devs so right it's kind of a different time in that sense and also the digital uh space but uh yeah madden 08 is the final game for the gamecube and that's for north america that's for everywhere because i believe the pal region and Japan had different final games.
0: Yeah, Japan's last game was uh, was Twilight Princess, which we talked about a few weeks ago. And the PAL region, I believe, was Ratatouille. That was the last game that they got, which we talked about uh, last week or two weeks ago now on uh, the movie tie-in games.
1: No one wanted to play poor Madden 08 with Vince Young here <laughs> on the cover. Uh, uh, Neil, I think you and I both actually own this game uh one of the one of honestly weirdly the few games that both of us own uh there's uh, a lot of there's not a lot of uh interconnectivity between our libraries which is good because we can lend each other games all the time
0: no there's not much inter. i do not own this game
1: (laughs) oh you don't own this game okay no i
0: I do look for it every time we go to a game store you don't find this game too often uh in retro video game stores so no you you have this game i have not found it though i can read the back of the case (laughs) you get to read the back of the case indeed uh, no, I, I do, like I said, look for this game everywhere we go, but I have not seen it in the last six or seven years since I've been collecting for the GameCube. So, uh, I could just buy it on eBay, I suppose, but it's one of these games where i like to just find naturally. Yes. If you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. You don't want to buy this on eBay. No, no, no.
0: no. <laughs> I want to find it in a store because someone, someone gave it in, but you have to imagine most GameCube collectors have scooped it up by now.
1: Yeah, because it is, you know, it's got, it's a very special kind of item in the collection. It's the last GameCube game. And I remember when I bought this, I bought this at least five or six years ago when I was, uh, I think you had been kind of on your high at your peak of GameCube collecting (laughs) and you were kind of slowing down a little bit because you got most of the good games ever out there. And I remember going with you to maybe, uh, one of the, uh, a, a place in Mississauga just outside of Toronto. And we, I saw Madden 08 there for $20. I picked it up. And it's in my hands right now. But the funny thing is, is that I actually owned Madden 08 before, but for the Wii, when I had uh, my Wii, I had Madden 08 for it. And I actually really liked it back in the day because it was, uh, you know, I could use my joystick to throw the ball and it was kind of cool. So when I went back and played it, because I actually hadn't played this version, I just picked it up just as a collector's item. Um, So I actually went and played it this week and it's a lot worse than the Wii version. Oh no, really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, a lot of the stuff in it that they kind of put in for the Wii version, you can't do as well in the GameCube version. And it's funny because IGN actually wrote like a big thing basically saying like why it's bad. Uh, the HitStick 2.0 is like a big thing that it, it was very much meant for like motion controls. And they they don't really like... it's almost, You know what it's like? It's like when you play Mario Party 6 and you land on the mic uh, space... And you don't have the mic attached, because oh, why okay. would you? And it's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> I guess we're just not going to give you anything for this. That's kind of how Madden 08 feels on a GameCube. Okay, I got you. Well, let's introduce the stats of Madden
0: 08, and we'll get into the conversation at large here. Madden 08 was released on August 14th, 2007. This is the last game in the GameCube library. Developed by EA Tiburon, published by EA Sports, also on PS2, Xbox, Windows, Mac OS, DS, Mobile, PS3, Xbox 360, Wii, and PSP. Everything. Everything. Rates of <laughs> 8 out of 10, priced today at around 20 bucks. This is, of course, an American football game, and the cover athlete is, of course, Vince Young, who you said earlier. And according to a CNBC article, Ladanian Tomlinson was originally picked to be the cover athlete of Madden NFL 08, but turned it down due to the fabled madden curse.
1: Oh, interesting. Um cuz uh yeah, LT, love LT, cuz uh he basically did get cursed. He got really bad <laughs> like not too long after this. Uh, yeah, madden curse when you have a when you go on the cover and then your career kind of goes downhill. Um Vince Young, yeah, he he's part of the madden curse for sure. Who's on this? He played in the CFL, in the Canadian Football League shortly after this, I think. Uh, probably the best example is um, Sean Alexander, who's on Madden 07, I think. He basically just had one year, and that was it.
0: Oh, man. That's too bad. Yeah, the Madden curse is really funny, and it, it really dates back to 1998 with uh, Garrison Hurts when he broke his ankle uh, shortly after appearing on the Madden NFL 99 cover, and ever since then, it seems every year there's been a, a cover athlete injury or, or whatnot, which ends their, their career, or at least their career goes downhill after that. I think that that's just a, just the price of being a football player in general, though, is that your career is almost always going downhill <laughs> yeah, uh, with, yeah. with health problems, I- injuries, and whatnot. Hard to avoid when you're uh, on a football field, but it's too bad to hear that the GameCube version is not quite as good as the Wii version. I would have thought those two might have been on par with each other. I'm sure that at this point, though, most games were being tailored towards the Xbox 360 primarily and the PS3 yes. secondarily yeah. with the Wii and the GameCube definitely being an afterthought for sports games. Uh, I do know that the Xbox 360 version runs a little bit better than the PS3 version. The Xbox 360 runs at a smooth 60 frames and the PS3 ran at 30. So the way to play this game is definitely on the 360, but it was still cool that they were supporting uh, Nintendo yeah. up until 2007 because uh, EA barely supports Nintendo now. So
1: it's funny that um, we got Madden 08, you know, where we we didn't get uh, a FIFA 07 we didn't get an nhl 07 we didn't nope. we got mlb 2k did we get mlb 2k7 no i think we just got mlb 2k6 yeah i don't think we got so 7. we yeah we yeah that's true yeah we didn't get 7 so yeah we we really didn't get any 07s and then it's just funny like seeing madden 07 and madden 08 both on the GameCube. i know madden just sitting here being like well We'll just keep pumping it out if enough people buy it, I guess. <laughs> and uh clearly 08 was the the last of its run. It might have sold okay, but I think Nintendo probably just wanted to cut it there.
0: Yeah, I'm I don't think it sold that well on GameCube if I had to imagine. I'm not quite no. sure why this game sneaked out on the GameCube, it must have, I
1: tried to like research it and I couldn't find anything. It must have been <laughs> some kind of a
0: contract or something yeah. like with the GameCube coming out in oh in 2001, maybe they signed like a 7-year contract or something. Who knows uh, how these how these deals go through. Unfortunately, it's hard to go back now and find out. But no, it's a it's a it's a pretty neat game, though. Like a lot of people do talk about this game actually as being one of the peak Madden games. At least that's what I've seen. It implemented a lot of pretty cool new things, as well as brought a couple of things back from past games that had been left out, unfortunately. Uh, one of the new implementations in this game was the fatigue system, which is kind of cool. Almost reminds me of like what happens to Link in Breath of the Wild, uh, where your <laughs> characters or your players, in this case, actually do get tired throughout the game, which is kind of cool. And you have to kind of figure out who to play in certain situations, like uh, fatigue sets in faster or slower if you're playing in, in hot seasons or in colder seasons and whatnot. So that's kind of a neat thing to implement into a sports game, I think.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of innovation in this game for sure. Um, there's actually a really good IGN kind of like big review on this game uh, by Jeff Haynes uh, back in the day uh, in 2007, actually, when this game came out. Right. And uh, it was interesting kind of like hearing him talk about uh, this was the big change to go more on like the casual gamer focus rather than the kind of the the hardcore pro Madden player from like the early 2000s. This was their first big shift in that and he's like he's like oh this is this is help or hinder like is this like going to be the shift this is how everything's going to change for EA and it's it was funny because uh, yeah for a little while it was but now they've kind of gone back to the non-casual way they really target their like hardcore gamers for Madden for FIFA for all these and almost make it less casual than it used to be so it's interesting to read uh I guess 15 years later right but uh, he does say that uh Uh, With the rise in attention being paid to the 360, PS3, and even the Wii versions of the series, which are continually being touted as the future of football, this year's version version of Madden on the GameCube was a radical departure. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, not as good. And yeah, it basically kind of outlines the stuff there, but... Yeah, Madden 08, uh still a fun thing to have in a collection for sure, and it has a good soundtrack. There's uh there's some some solid bands on there. Uh the manual told me that Airborne is on there, Neil.
0: Oh good. Yes. The uh yeah, the soundtrack is a bit of a banger. It's got Ozzy Osborne, Timberland fe- featuring Justin Timberlake. Remember I don't even know who Timberland is. I always thought that was Justin Timberlake. Am I <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh my god? I thought Timberland and Justin Timberlake <laughs>
0: were the same person, but apparently no, not. No,
1: you know Timberland just a... Uh, hey. A, oh, just you know, the he's the just a, a guy. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've also got some forty-one
0: queens of the Stone Age, airborne. The used Atreyu and yellow card, yellow card sneaking into another sports game in the two thousands. They were freaking everywhere, man. Oh yeah,
1: that's threes and sevens. Queens of the Stone Age is on here. That's right. That's a uh, yeah. That's okay. It's not a bad song. That song is on a lot of. I feel like a lot of different soundtracks from back in the day and there's some 41 oh it's underclass hero is on this yeah that's right it's that's it's, right. it's weird how like every some 41
0: song from this this era was everything off of underclass hero
1: because we're doing fine
0: and we don't <laughs> need to be told and that's that album is very angsty it's growing on me in the last few years but it's it's a very angsty album not their best not their best they should have picked something off of chuck obviously just like No 08 not
1: their best but you know it's okay
0: it's okay. It introduced the um, the weapon system, too. I don't know if you got into this yes. at all. Like, the, the players... This is what I thought would have made it the most arcade Uh was that uh, some players have a, an enhanced performance, uh, which makes the the play's a bit more game-changing. Yeah. Like there's like a smart quarterback, there's possession shutdown and uh, big catches and whatnot, which can give the players a certain edge in certain plays, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think you can turn that off though. So if you want to play a little bit more grounded, you can. But if you're going to play with somebody like me, I would probably be one to uh, keep those modes on.
1: Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that when I played it on the Wii for sure. It Like playing it on the Wii makes it more appropriate, I think, for that kind of stuff to be on. Because you, like, you're like you obviously playing an arcade style game. Whilst... With motion controls. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So that part was fun. Yeah. I like definitely on the other systems I would say this is actually a very good football game uh for its time. But uh yeah.
0: Yeah, no, a really good uh football game. If you can find it on GameCube, that's uh that's a good that's a big accomplishment actually if you can find it on GameCube because we don't see it around here in Toronto anymore. So those copies must be somewhere. That's
1: they're somewhere. They're hiding out somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on Madden08.com and I'm gonna see if I can find <laughs> find anything
0: (laughs) okay sounds good Mike but before you go on to Madden.com to find copies of Madden 08 on GameCube why don't you uh, hit the back of the case before we move on with the rest of the
1: episode that sounds good Neil Uh, but first Victor hit us with that sweet jingle Ooh, you got to say it this time I did
0: (laughs) it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them and now we're reading the back of the
1: case. Read and React. Identify individual strengths and weaknesses before every play with the all-new Read and React system. Stay on the field after every game to work on specific skill sets in the new Skill Drills mode. Draft an NFL fantasy football team, then risk key players in mini game challenges to add elite superstars to your roster. Improved player intelligence provides more authentic gameplay on both sides of the ball. And I also have the French version on here, so, yeah. This is the Canadian copy of Madden 08, the number one selling pro football franchise. I feel like that's
0: probably why they put it out on GameCube still, is because they had the GameCube art with the French version ready to go and they were <laughs> like, well, we gotta release this somewhere, so they picked Canada.
1: There you go. Makes sense. I like it.
0: Yep. That's gotta be it. But Mike, that uh, that covers the last GameCube game on the Nintendo GameCube in North America. We did it. We've covered all the games on the console.
1: We did it! Ring the bell! <laughs> Woo! Wow. Congratulations, buddy. Oh, okay. 555 games down. Covered. Back of the case is red. All of them. Can't believe we did it. It's over. It's over. Now let's do it in reverse. L- I, that sounds good. Let's. <laughs> 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 Neil, we actually have a really special little message now that we've actually covered every single North American GameCube game. We got a bunch of friends and uh, some other great guests on uh, to uh, give us a, a little congratulations here. So let's, let's take a lesson. Okay, cool.
0: What do you mean they're almost done the
1: GameCube library? That's not possible. They're not allowed to. They have to keep going on. They kind of start it over. Wind it back from one. Oh, <coughs> oh uh, hi, boys. Congratulations. Uh, this is your friendly neighborhood, Josh, from the Still Loading Podcast. Sincerely, guys, congrats so much on completing your run of the GameCube library. I'm truly honored I got to guest on a handful of the episodes. I really wish I could have done more, but I'm a filthy PlayStation 2 player, so, you know, I I had to keep my appearances limited, as you know. But no, sincerely, you guys are awesome. Congratulations again, and what an amazing show that you've made and a community that you have built. Congrats, guys, sincerely. Luigi's apartment here
0: to say Henshinagogo, play more GameCube games. And listen to the entire catalog of the GameCube was cool again. Because Mike and Neil are two very nice young men.
1: Hey Mike and Neil, this is Ramon, self-proclaimed enemy of the pod and part-time host. I just wanted to say congratulations on everything with the podcast. Like I can't believe you guys managed to get through all the games. And just like knowing that everyone's parents forgot a memory card really you know i gotta gotta call my mom um, but again it's been fun listening congratulations once again and you know what the gamecube was pretty cool eh?
0: hey guys huge congratulations for covering the entire gamecube library this was a great way to honor such an amazing games console thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about something so important to me
1: Hey everyone, Marcello here from GameCube Galaxy, and I want to give a quick congrats to the awesome guys over at the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Mike and Neil, you guys hit an awesome milestone covering every GameCube game that is out there on the console, and you guys are killing it with this podcast. And I cannot wait to see what else awaits for the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Hey Mike and Neil, it's your good buddy Harrison here. Just wanted to congratulate you two on completing the podcast and going through all the GameCube games. I'm very happy to beat out both Marty and Ramon to be the most frequent guests. Good luck on your next venture, and see you in the pit. Congratulations, Mike and Neil, on going through the entire GameCube library on the GameCube Was Cool
0: podcast. It's been a journey, it's been great to find out um, all the personal connections you have to the games, and also just reaching out to the community and finding out um, what makes this console so special. So congratulations, and all the best for the future. Hey guys, it's Victor here from Vancouver. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Congratulations on finishing the entire GameCube library. It was a ton of fun with a lot of laughs and some great guests in there, too.
1: Thank you, Mike and Neil, for being so committed to the GameCube. We all really had a good time, especially when I was on. That's when I got the game right, or when I didn't talk about jerking up. Thank you so much for all of the great laughs we've had.
0: that was that was so nice. I'm so so touched on like all the people that we've met over the past few years, all the fellow podcasters and some of our own friends that came on the show. It's been such a such a joy to meet some people from around the world who we've never met, who we've some in some cases never even physically talked to. Uh, It's really cool, like the connections that we've made. And hopefully we can uh, continue podcasting with these people in the future and have our friends come on the show again. Just a really cool, cool network of friends that we've met over the years.
1: Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> those sure some great messages. I really have to thank everyone who sent those in. Uh, that was really touching to hear those, honestly. Uh, it was, it was, it's been a blast being able to uh, podcast with, with all those people. These, those frequent collaborators uh, have some laughs with them. I have so many great bits like the, the, the little thing I put in, I think it was for the hundredth episode uh, for all the kind of funny bits that we had over the, the first 100 episodes were, was really funny. I try and take bits when they are really funny i my editing them and, and save them away because uh, there's some great moments in there that I just crack me up every time. And and that's honestly the biggest reason I wanted to do podcasting was really keep in touch with people and friends who moved in different places over the world and, you know, or friends who I just weren't, I wasn't able to see as much anymore. So, and, uh, that's a goal. There's another goal down, Neil, that uh, this nice. this podcast did allow me to do that. So I'm uh, definitely really thankful for that. But uh, why don't we go through some fun stats of uh, this podcast now, Neil, because I got lots and you know how much I love stats. Oh yeah,
0: you're a huge stat guy. I couldn't, I couldn't hold you back on this episode. I knew that you had some, uh, some summarized stats to go through. So, yeah, uh, we had 125 mainline episodes plus 13 side mission episodes. So we've been doing this for 138 straight weeks without missing a single week, which I am insanely proud of. We have over 100,000 downloads uh, around the world and a total of 14,125 minutes and that's edited mi- minutes so <laughs> yeah. i can't even imagine what the raw minute count is double. but oh probably yeah so let's call it 30,000 minutes of talking on the on the microphone in the past 3 years which is absolutely insane and i wanted to talk to you mike about our top 10 favorite gamecube games after researching the 555 mm-hmm. GameCube games. We did do this in our first episode that we did. I don't know if that ever hit the uh, hit the airwaves, but we did record a first episode yeah. uh, where we talked about our top ten favorite GameCube games. So let's let's revisit that list.
1: All right, Neil, uh, I'll I'll go through my top ten that we did in April 2020. If you can believe Oof, that, my God. God. <laughs> uh, in April 2020, my top ten, number one to ten, was Melee. Number one. Hit and Run and number two, Mario Kart Double Dash, number three, Wind Waker, number four, Nightfire, number five, Paper Mario, number six, Ultimate Spider-Man, number seven, GX. number eight, Animal Crossing, number nine, Super Mario Power Tennis, number 10. And things did change for me. They definitely changed. So Wind Waker went up four spots to number one. That is wow. my number one game of all time for the GameCube. That's definitely, I think, my favorite Uh Uh, After covering it, after doing that episode, I really gained another like appreciation for Wind Waker and obviously all the hate and everything it went through. So that was uh, I was like, no, I need to I need to put this to number one because I love that game. Uh, Paper Mario, number two, that also jumped up a bunch of spots from number six. That's also just another game I gained a huge appreciation for playing it as an adult, and I think an even bigger one after playing other Paper Mario games <laughs> that came after. It was yeah. really refreshing to play. The dialogue was amazing. It was mm-hmm. so good. The settings were so good. It was such fun to talk to or talk about with some amazing guests we had on for that show. So that's another reason, yeah, why that was definitely one of my favorite games. And I'm so glad I own it because it's so expensive nowadays. Yeah, um, Double Dash stayed at number three. It's Double Dash. It's a great game. It's always going to be great. We love Mario Kart, especially Double Dash. Really the last true innovation on Mario Kart. Hit and Run at number four. That fell down two spots, but it's still a fantastic game. It's probably the best licensed game on the GameCube uh melee uh that that actually went down a lot of spots i went down to number five it was my my best game as i said uh my number one and uh, you know of no fault of its own it just uh i think these other games i just gained more of an appreciation for and i've just played melee too many hours at this point (laughs) i just i I, the the appreciation was gained where melee kind of just stayed the same for me um nightfire the same it's the best uh it's unfortunately not as good as some of these other amazing amazing games but still uh number six i know i know i'm sorry still my personal favorite i think like like if i had to rank this for just complete favorites like bring it on the island the only thing i play it'll nightfire would be number one nice Twilight Princess that was not even on this list before I put that at number seven because talking about it uh, two weeks ago was so much fun playing it again really gave me another appreciation for just how beautiful that world is and how intricate it is the characters the plot fantastic Mario Power Tennis coming up a couple spots to number eight Um, uh, that's just such a good game to bring over to play with friends Uh, and I, I played it a lot with friends this year so I think that's why I Bumped it up a couple of spots. Also just talking about it on the podcast. Uh, Number nine, baseball. Wasn't on it. The list at all had to put it on because... Again, we talked about earlier on in the show how this was such a surprise to us and how good and how intricate this game really was. And uh, last but not least was Ultimate Spider-Man, which dropped a few spots to numbers 10 just because there was some other great games I had to put in to kind of push it down. But I still love Ultimate Spider-Man. It's such a good game. And I, I gained a new kind of value of it playing Malice Morales, which really felt like the sequel to Ultimate Spider-Man for me. And then a couple of uh, honorable honorable mentions, F-Zero, Animal Crossing, Resident Evil 4, and Super Mario Strikers.
0: Nice. Now I'm assuming number nine baseball, you're of course talking about Mario baseball, right? Yes.
1: Sorry. I guess I didn't (laughs) actually say that, but yeah, there's a lot of baseball
0: games there. It could be anything.
1: Mario superstar baseball is my number nine.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Love that. That's a great list. I, I, I would stand behind all of those games. I, I do like hit and run. I think you have much more love for it because of your love for the Simpsons, obviously. And you're right. That is definitely one of the best licensed games on, on the GameCube. I would kill to have any of my favorite franchises to have the hit and run treatment yeah. Scooby do hit and run, <laughs> run style game come on oh, amazing amazing going back to my list now mm-hmm. from april of 2020 i said my top 10 gamecube games were in order number one legend of zelda the wind waker number two pikmin number three Nightfire; number four mario kart double dash number five super mario strikers number six resident evil four number seven spider-man two number eight super mario sunshine number nine super smash bros melee and number 10 spongebob lights camera pants (laughs) hey it's a great game (laughs) let's see which games fell off the list i think you can picture which ones did so after talking about all 555 north american gamecube games my list is as follows legend of zelda wind waker stayed strong at number one that is by far still my favorite same one I love it. We did. It's almost <laughs> as if we're best friends. Yeah, I love the Wind Waker. Going back to cover it a couple of years ago was a huge treat. I love that game. It's so bright, so colorful, so accessible even today. I love f- that game from start to finish. It's just like the perfect video game, really. Yeah, so yeah. there was no doubt that was gonna stay in at least the top three. But going on to number two is 07 Nightfire. Nice. The game that I probably have the most hours playing of any video game alone and with friends. I I love playing that game with with you, Mike. Uh Snipers on uh, Fort Knox with the all bots, all bots I call them, <laughs> AI bots turned on on like love absolutely it. the <sighs> hardest difficulty on capture the flag. That's just the perfect, perfect game night, honestly. And then moving on to number three is Pikmin one. I I love the first Pikmin game. Um, it's still my favorite one. I love the day night cycle. I love how easy it is to understand how deep it gets with just managing your team of Pikmin and. Uh, going from place to place. It's super relaxing for me. I know some people find it insanely stressful. For some reason, I can just <laughs> shut my brain off and play Pikmin 1 forever. I love that game. It used to be my number one favorite GameCube game, actually, but mm. Wind Waker is still there for me. Number four, Mario Kart Double Dash. Like you said, it's Mario Kart. How could it not be in a top 10 list? Double Dash is still my favorite Mario Kart game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just got the... it's. I don't know what it is about it. It's just got the best racing mechanics, in my opinion. It's it's all skill-based. It's not like the newer Mario Kart games, which I feel like anybody could win if they get the right items. I feel like with Double Dash, you actually do need to be good at it if you want to place yep. in first. Yep. And I still can't wait to see what they do with Double Dash tracks in the future because we haven't seen any remakes of those courses. Mm-hmm. Number five, Resident Evil 4. That's one of the best survival horror games of all time, and it's it's right at home on GameCube. I'm looking forward to playing the, the remake at some point in the future, but for now, it's one of my favorite GameCube games. Number six, Mario Strikers. It's uh, my favorite Mario sports game, so yep. I had to have it on this list. I love Mario Strikers. It's absolute chaos and fun with friends. If you don't have this game, you absolutely must pick it up. Picked up the Wii version earlier this year, and uh, can't wait to play that game at some point.
1: And now this is where your list starts to get a little chaotic, because uh, those top six were basically almost identical to what you had April 2020, but uh, the, the the bottom four here are really different. Changed quite a bit, yeah. Thousand Year Door, Paper
0: Mario, was an honorable mention two and a half, three years ago, and now it's in my top ten. I guess playing it more recently, I gained a new appreciation for it, Mm -hmm. and you said it perfectly. Playing newer Paper Mario games made me appreciate the first (laughs) one, or the second one, so much more. It's funny how that happens, but yeah, that game is so perfect. It's a lot like Wind Waker from start to finish. The charm, the personality that all the characters have how well it's aged over the years. And as an RPG, it's so good. The worlds are all so clever. I love every bit about that game. So it had to be in my top 10. And there's an RPG for you guys out there. So hey, <laughs> I'm coming around. Okay, I'm on. coming around. Number eight is F-Zero GX. This wasn't even on my list at all three years ago. Mm-hmm. I love F-Zero GX. I forgot how good that game actually is. I I remember the, uh, the summer that we talked about it. I played that game for weeks. Like even after we were done talking about it, I was just addicted to try and beat every level and like come in first in every race and it's so fast like there's nothing like this game like f-zero has to come back on switch someday it's beautiful still it runs at a smooth 60 frames a second it's so good man looks good on an hd tv and a tube tv so yeah gotta love it f-zero gx highly recommend that game number nine for me is spider-man 2 Uh, that's my favorite Spider-Man game on the GameCube. I do love Ultimate Spider-Man as well, but Spider-Man 2 for me, it's the first GameCube game I ever got. It's, uh, the game that really got me into open world games too, honestly. Um, it's, it's the game that wanted me to, it made me feel like Spider-Man back (laughs) in the day. It's the game that I beat multiple times when I was a kid and I would just swing around doing nothing. I just liked the feeling of swinging around playing as Tobey Maguire with no energy. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) And then number 10, another game that was not on my list three years ago is Rogue Squadron 2. Fantastic Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks terrific to this day. I still can't believe that's a launch title. Uh, it's probably the best Star Wars game to ever exist on a console, yep. honestly. Yep. Uh, it's it's an incredible flight sim. Uh, it basically feels like you're playing a movie from one of the original Star Wars movies, which is pretty incredible since the, that game came out. 15 20 years after the franchise was done yeah um so yeah rogue squadron 2 is a is a, an incredible game i got that game for free back in the day from a friend that we went to high school with so uh perfect game on the gamecube and uh yeah that rounds out my top 10 list which i think both of our lists are pretty is, it's a pretty strong list like if you got these 20 games or 15 or so games you, you'd, you'd be set for a gamecube library
1: i'd argue these 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 games are probably the best games on the gamecube like without a doubt i mean a lot of them are I think actually all of them make up, like, a standard top five, top ten uh, yep. for anyone's list. Like, I'm I'm missing F-Zero and Resident Evil 4 for sure as, uh, like, the really big ones. And, and Pikmin 1, depending on, what, you know, where you fall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pikmin 2 often goes higher. but oh. We're missing Metroid Prime, True, I would say. True, we are missing Metroid Prime. I completely forgot about that, actually. I I, I really like Prime. Like I, but I didn't really grow up with it. and I think that's for me why it's not on my list. Although it's, it would definitely be in a top twenty if I had to to do twenty. But um, yeah, you know, one day we'll do a top five hundred fifty five. We'll rank every single one. We'll get a Jesus. get a perfect ranking. Uh, but until then, that was really fun to do. Do Neil just kind of going through some of our our memories there and. I got lots more, Neil. I got lots more. No, hit me with some stats, Mike. Let's uh, let's go through the stats of rounding up
0: 3 years of podcasting. <laughs>
1: all right, well, I got some guest stats at first uh, because we had a lot of guests on this show over all this all these many months. Uh, 71 different guests that we've had on the show which is pretty incredible wow. uh 71 people uh, a lot of them friends a lot of them people we've never met before and we we made some great friendships because of that too so that was really cool uh 96 episodes uh had guests featured on them so that's um you know 96 out of 138 or so that's uh not a lot of episodes done just on our own neil uh, really only side missions that we did on our own and a couple of other uh, movie tying ones or things that we just, we didn't really want anyone on for because <laughs> we didn't want to <laughs> waste their <our> time. <laughs> but um, uh, our, our top five guests, or I should say our top five friends who were on Friends of the Show that we knew before this podcast were Harrison, friend of the show Harrison at number one, 13 appearances for him Wow, on our show. Marty at uh, number two with 11 appearances Enemy of the Pod, Ramon, who we also he, uh, heard uh, we heard him spoke uh, speak earlier uh, on his little message there. Uh, he came on nine times, tied with friend of the show Brian uh, at nine times, and then Zaffar and Ali tied uh, for seven times that they came on, racing expert and RPG experts. So wow. it was very cool to have them on. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times that these uh, are <laughs> we couldn't get our friends away. There's too many. <laughs>
0: That's right. Hey, I mean, a lot of the times though, the people that came on the show asked to come on. Like we we did get. Like Mm -hmm. messages from our friends and people that we didn't even know asking to come on. So a lot of the times we did not have to put any guns to heads to come on the podcast. And I did not realize that way over half of our shows had guests on. That's incredible. Because when we started this, I was fully ready for it to just be you and I for the majority of the time. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And, Thank and God <laughs> people
0: chose to come on because it made the show <laughs> so much better.
1: It, it definitely made it more listenable for sure. And especially yep. when we had collaborators on, uh, yeah. people that we didn't know, or people from the industry, p- other podcasters, other uh, Instagram people who came on. Uh, someone like Toonie Twirl, she was the number one. Kira at number seven or at at seven uh, appearances uh, tied with GameCube Galaxy Marcello, who also had seven appearances. I think Marcello reached out to us, I believe, to to say hi, basically one day saying like, hey, I do a video version of this. And for Akira, I reached out to her because I think her original name or like her Instagram tag or, or some maybe her just name on Instagram was like GameCube girl or something. And I was like, okay, like... Uh, yeah. Do you like the MQ? <laughs> Do you want to come on I our wonder. show and talk yeah. about it? Uh, and, and you know, it turned out she was fantastic and she had a lot of fun and you can, it was cool to see her kind of growth through the episodes where um, uh, obviously she did a great job at the beginning, but was a little, you know, a little more nervous about talking with us. And it is weird when you're just talking to people, you can't see them. And you're, you know, getting asked questions on the spot. And by her last episode, which was the Twilight Princess episode, she was killing it and was just like, had so much to say and did her research really well beforehand. Um, We had Luigi who came on uh, from Remember, Remember 64 show. And his many other podcasts. He was fantastic. He came on five times. We had Josh from the Still Loading Podcast come on. He came on five times. Uh, Also fantastic. Had so much to say. Had so many great, uh, especially Bond stuff. Loved talking to him about all the James Bond games that he covered and is continuing to cover. And then we had a bunch of others tied for three appearances each. Ira Bell, uh, Tristan Pantorato, and uh, the Back in My Day, Dave from Back in My Day podcast. Uh, They all came on three times. So yeah, just uh, some amazing collaborators that we got to work with.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a ton of fun meeting all these people from around the world. Like y- you mentioned uh, uh, Kira or Toonie Twirls. Uh, you mentioned her like she she comes on. She's in a she's in England or she's in the UK. Mm-hmm. So when we record with her, she's five hours ahead of us. So when we record, she's basically wanting to go to bed at that point. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's incredible when folks like that manage their time around our schedule. Like Tristan is in Australia, uh, which is 12 hours or something ahead of us. I don't even know. I don't even know what time it is in Australia ever. Um, but it's just been so cool to to meet with people that are in different time zones different continents even to talk about Gamecube and and yeah it is kind of funny like how you get in touch with these people and they ask like do you mind if I come on the show or I like Gamecube do you want to talk about Gamecube it's just like it's really awkward at first but then we yeah managed to uh develop these professional like relationships with people around the globe it's it's been really cool and I'm glad to I'm glad people come back again it means that uh, they have fun when they come on the first time
1: mm-hmm. oh for sure and uh, <laughs> I got lots of more stats that's here for actual downloads. So, of course, we mentioned earlier, we, got, we hit 100,000 downloads. Uh That is just amazing. Uh, if you think about it in this way, Neil, after a year of podcasting, we hit 20,000 downloads. Uh, yeah, after, after a year of podcasting, we hit 20,000 downloads. So another year... After that was basically another 80,000. So we grew a lot (laughs) and (laughs) are continuing to grow, which is very, very cool to see. Most of our downloads came from the U.S. 60% of people were from the U.S. who downloaded uh, our podcast. And then the rest were kind of close, UK, EU, Canada, all around hovering around 10%. Spotify is where about 40% of you get us uh, and listen to us from, about 20% from Apple Another 6.7% from Google, and the rest is also just kind of a blur. It's all around 2% each. That's the PSP. That's the PSP. Everyone listening on their PSPs. (laughs) Uh, Our most downloads in a day total uh, goes to uh, Twilight Princess. That killed it uh, just recently. Twilight Princess is breaking a lot of records. It also had the most downloads in a week, which uh, was pretty incredible. It knocked off Strikers for both of those, and Strikers was at 26 weeks. At number one, so it took wow. a it took a long time for Strikers to be knocked off its podium for most downloads in a week and in a day. And we also uh, have our top episodes ever, Neil. That's Nightfire at number one. No surprise there. Everyone yep. loves Nightfire for some reason. <laughs> uh, Mario, Super Mario Sunshine at number two, and what I gotta say, Nightfire is way, way above Mario Sunshine. It's isn't like,
0: Nightfire our number one downloaded podcast of the year still?
1: Uh, Yes. (laughs) Nightfire
0: is still the number one download podcast of 2022. For context, we recorded that in 2020.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how that's happened, but I'm glad that people are on that Nightfire train. I just imagine someone in their basement just constantly (laughs) clicking the download button on Nightfire. It's like, we're going to make this go up. But yeah, Sunshine at number two, Luigi's Mansion at number three, uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee at number four, our launch day episode at number five. You can tell that the, the, the top four that aren't Nightfire basically came out within the first First month or two of us starting off this podcast, so they've had a head start. Uh, Double Dash at number six, Animal Crossing at number seven, Pikmin One at number eight, Metroid Prime at number nine, and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door at number ten. But Neil, uh, that's our all time one. It's obviously very skewed because the early episodes are going to have way more downloads than the new ones, so that's just right. kind of how it'll work. Um, but I want to talk about our top episodes in 2022. So the ones that came out in 2022, not Nightfire. That's excluded. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, But uh, I want to see if you can guess uh, what our top five was this year. Okay.
0: So I don't think Twilight Princess has been out long enough to be in the top five.
1: No, it's it's almost at the top 10, though, which is insane.
0: That's crazy. I, I was like... After that first day, I was like, it's got, it could be in the top 10, (laughs) uh, but not top
1: five. So, number five, I'm going to guess Chibi Robo and Custom Robo. Oh good guess. It's number six. Oh crap. Yeah, it's just just missed it. I'm sorry, Neil. Okay,
0: that's okay. That's okay. Uh number four, I'll guess the Star Wars episode, which came out on May the fourth. <laughs> number seven. <laughs> You're oh <so> my <laughs> gosh. I should just guess the top ten through six. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> oh man. Number three, beyond good and evil. Uh I don't think that's on. No, I don't think that no. that hit the top ten, unfortunately. Nope. Okay, fair enough. Uh number two, Mario Strikers.
1: Mario Strikers is number four, so it is okay. in the top five. So, okay, yeah, that's a yeah, good job. I'll count that as a point. Yeah. Uh, and number one, I
0: have Paper Mario.
1: Yes, there we go, ding, 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 ding. Good. Is that number one? That's number one. Paper Mario Ooh. is number one downloaded episode in twenty twenty two. You missed out the Pokemon Coliseum episode. Pokemon always does well, of course. That's true. That was number That's two. True. A Sonic, another thing that always does well. The what? SEO, uh, Sonic uh, Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog episode comes in at number three. Strikers at number four, as I said, and Harry Potter games was number five.
0: Oh, Harry Potter. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought that episode would have done that good, but interesting.
1: It's funny looking at the top four other than, well, even Paper Mario. It's all like very SEO friendly names, you know, Pokemon, Sonic, uh, Mario, Harry Potter. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised that Shrek isn't there. Shrek, yeah, Shrek did not crack the top ten, unfortunately. I, again, like I like said, SEO, I would have thought. Maybe I know Shrek I know. had a chance. <laughs> maybe it had a chance, but yeah, that was our top five. And I have some really fun kind of uh, these aren't stats about the podcast, but now about the GameCube itself. You know, this is uh, this is it for the little cube, the little purple boy. He's. Uh, we're putting him to rest for, for now. We're going to put him in his little little box coffin. Yep, putting <laughs> and, the box in a box. That's good. Putting the box in a box. And I was going through, we have a, a lovely library that we've been kind of adding to over the course of these two and a half years that is on our Discord. So if you ever want to, and our website as well. So if you ever want to go check it out, it's probably the most complete GameCube library by far uh, out there in terms of a spreadsheet because most of them kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't really give you the the greatest info, and sometimes the info is wrong. So this is our best attempt to make it the perfect spreadsheet we can possibly make. And we also keep a little price tracker on there. And it's prices that we we kind of uh, average out or find we find on eBay whenever we talk about a game. And once we're done the game, then we'll put the price on in the library. And the total for a complete GameCube library based on that price model... Would be about $30,000, Neil. Wow. 30000 Canadian dollars, we should $30, say. 30000 Canadian dollars, yeah. Yeah, which comes to about, Fif- what would that be like? $52.25 per game.
0: $52 per game. That That's a lot for
1: NHL 03, but... <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, Neil, you got to spend money to make money. There's a buyer for everything, I suppose. <laughs> and the most expensive games in the library are for, as... Our research has dictated it are as follows. Pokemon Box and uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Now, that's not really a game, I know. Yeah. But it did come out, and we count it as a game on uh, the GameCube, of course. That range is like, who knows? It's sometimes 1,200, sometimes go upper range of 2,000. That's way above everything else. Uh, all the other big games, Gotcha Force is number two. Cubivore, number three. Uh GoGo Hypergrind at number four. NCAA College Basketball 2K3 at <laughs> number five. Yeah, odd one out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, number six, Fire Emblem, number seven, Chibi Robo, number eight, Disney Sports Basketball, Number Nine, Skies of Arcadia, and Number 10, Rally Championship. You see, a lot of those games are not necessarily games that you'd want to own. No, like as a gamer. They're mainly
0: just games that sold horribly or had a very limited print run. And they're more for collectors, unfortunately.
1: I'd say Fire Emblem and Chibi-Robo are basically like the... Those are the only two. Those are the only two. But there are some really cheap, very good games that we found throughout our time here. Call of Duty Big Red One being one of them. Just a fantastic game for like $10. Uh, Tom Clancy, Rainbow Six, Outlaw Golf. Uh, with Steve Carell who got a hold of that one. Uh, <laughs> Namco Museum we just talked about that one and uh, Over the Hedge as well. Over the Hedge just being a really fun game we talked about that on the Movie Times episode and the cheapest Nintendo game. Neil do you think can you guess what do you think is the cheapest Nintendo published game on the GameCube?
0: Cheapest Nintendo published game on the GameCube that we have talked about I would think 1080 snowboarding but I'm sure so sure it's more expensive now.
1: A, a very good guess. It's Wave Race.
0: Oh, that would have been my second guess. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was one of those two games. How much is that one
1: going for? Only thirty dollars. Yeah, only That's thirty. Not bad.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's probably worth about thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but there's a lot of these games that are are certainly not worth the, what they they're priced for now. And yeah. th- this was one of my favorite things that I th- found really interesting. We've talked about this a couple times, but I wanted to talk about it now that we're actually done the library. Mm. Neil, there were only five N sixty four games that got ported onto the GameCube
0: wow five well and then they would have been multi-platform as well yep. i know tony hawk pro skater 3 is one of the uh mm-hmm. one of the main ones cuz that was the last game on the n64 but uh what are the what are the other four
1: Madden 02 sure okay
0: <laughs> Namco Museum Resident Evil 2 and Donald Duck Going Quackers who could forget <laughs> who could forget that one? yeah Resident Evil 2 that that's an interesting one cuz mm-hmm. that's more of a port to the gamecube so yeah, cross-platform was was a much smaller thing back in the 2000s than it is now.
1: <laughs> it really was. And my last kind of stats I want to go through, um, some really interesting ones are publishers and developers. Uh, Neil, you and I kept a pretty good track on who was publishing and who was developing a lot of these games. You, of course, graced us with your advice every time we got to talk about a new game, saying who the publisher was and who the developer was. Spoiler alert. It's almost all EA. <laughs> uh, for the top publishers, 89 GameCube games were EA published, and by EA I mean EA Games, EA Sports, EA whatever. Uh, any of the EA, EA big, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it, is an EA published game. Uh, on 89 of them, that's about a fifth of the GameCube's library. Just crazy. Um, we uh, Nintendo comes in at number two as the as with 50 published games. Then we had THQ, Activision, Ubisoft, Sega, Midway, Konami, Namco, and finally Capcom as uh, the, rounding out the top 10 publishers uh, in terms of uh, games published on the GameCube. And there were 65 unique publishers, uh, and uh, these top 10 publishers were responsible for about 400 games out of the 555. So back in the day, it was basically, you stick with one of the top 10 or you go home. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Nintendo had some good third-party support in this time. It was nice to see. I mean, these days, it's much smaller. It's mostly just Nintendo, Ubisoft, and some EA, yeah. and then all indie developers for the most part. So yep. it was good to see the uh, the variety of publishers back in this time, for sure. Didn't know it was that much EA, but I guess it makes sense in retrospect.
1: It does, yeah. And, and speaking of variety, developers, Whoa, there's a lot of variety in here. 237 mm. unique developers on the GameCube. Uh, there were a lot of different little devs at this time. There was tons of devs that just did one game sure. uh, and that was it <laughs> for them. Uh, and this, you know, this this was kind of a, a, a showcase of the time for sure. A lot of these developers kind of came and went. And of course, EA, you know, 65 games were developed by EA in some form, uh, EA Canada, EA Games, whatever you want to call it. Uh, They did 65 of the GameCube games. Uh, Ubisoft did 25 sitting at number two. Konami did uh, 20 sitting at number three. Nintendo is number four with uh, 18 games that they developed. And Sega and Capcom are tied for 16 each that they developed on the GameCube.
0: I find it interesting that Nintendo developed almost the least amount for their console.
1: Right? Yeah. Only 18. Actually, technically only 16 games were developed by Nintendo EAD. The other two being developed by Nintendo Studios or uh, whatever they were called. They had another kind of branch. But uh, yeah, so only 16 kind of mainline Nintendo games were developed for the GameCube wow
0: that's that's really cool i i love the fact that we have all of these stats consolidated now into one massive place mm-hmm. gotta thank you mike for being the uh, the data keeper of everything that we've talked about for the last three years it's nice to have it all in one cohesive place and we will keep that website alive even when we're done this because people still obviously love the gamecube and will want to have that information in one spot because wikipedia is not always a good uh, source of information as schools taught us for 18 years
1: <laughs> that's right that's the one thing i learned but neil uh why don't we talk about your little segment here and 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 talk about some thank you notes talk about sure. the gamecube itself again because we love talking about it and give it a proper send-off
0: sure of course well my first first of all for the thank you notes i will say thank you so much mike for being the best podcast host that i could possibly ask for Aww. uh it's been a, a great pleasure doing this with you for the last three years. I mean, it was a it was a fun COVID project that we started in our basement, uh, way back in the day when uh, when I was single living at home, and now I'm engaged living with my fiance. Basically, dif- different lives now. We're now in basically a post COVID world. So uh, it's been a crazy fun project to work on weeknights weekends late at night i don't think we ever did early morning recordings but uh, maybe someday we'll get more into that <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> but it's
0: been a ton of fun this is pretty much all we've talked about for the last three years or yeah. so it's just incredible to think that it's <laughs> that it's almost over um of course thank you so much victor for lending us your voice mm. in every single jingle you're like the unofficial third share of the podcast your voice was in every episode as well as mike and ours so thank you so much for uh for your time and effort in making our jingles of course Thank you to everybody who downloaded or listened to one of our podcasts. Uh, Every time we got a download or a a nice little fan letter, it just brightened my day, like just knowing that people out there are listening and enjoying the content. Uh, Kept me going through some, uh, some rough days, of course, but it's always nice to hear people enjoying what we do. And of course, as Mike said earlier, all the guests who joined our show over the last few years, it's... Terrific fun to talk about your experiences with the games, when you played them back in the day, or how you play them now. A lot of fun talking to people and how much they love the GameCube as much as we do. And thank you for my my family and my fiance for putting up with my weird ass podcasting schedules. <laughs> uh, I know that I you know I've had to get home for to record something or stay up late to record something or I need the I need this room to record now or whatever. So uh, it's taken taken a lot of effort on their part as well to uh, work around my schedule and going back to Mike as well. Well, we've had to meet up schedules. Um, you know, had to work around get together's and work and whatnot to uh, to download with each other. So it's yeah. been a heck of a team effort the past three years.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, I echo all that. I couldn't have picked a better co-host as well. So uh, mm-hmm. you've done an exceptional job. I've had a great time doing this with you, and we're gonna continue doing it. And I know it sounds like we're we're done, but uh, we we aren't. I swear, you'll hear it at the end. Just stay stick around <laughs> to the end. Um, and yeah, I'll echo all the other things, Victor. Everyone who downloaded the podcast, all the guests, our, our significant others, our families, uh, our friends, everyone who's like, oh, you know, who's 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 even told someone else about this podcast, who's uh you know pushed it in some way, who's put it on the back of their car and their bumper, you know, like <laughs> uh, for the stickers, uh, everything. Uh, uh everyone all of our friends have done a really great job promoting it and trying to get other people to l- listen to it. And hey, 100,000 downloads speaks volumes. So that kind of kind of shows um how far we've gotten. But Neil, do you recommend picking up a GameCube? We're coming to the end of this uh episode and of course we have to do our, our recommendations for the games mm-hmm. and well Mad No8, I mean, if you wanna if you recommend picking up a GameCube, maybe you'll pick up Mad No Eight with it. But uh yeah, what do you what do you think about this little cube? Um <laughs>
0: yeah, no, <just> kidding. <laughs> of course, of course. I recommend picking up a GameCube. I think it's a it's a great purchase. I mean, these days, unfortunately, with hardware the way that it is, I'm sure a lot of them are slowly but surely shutting down. But luckily, there are people out there who can fix them. Um, but that aside, I think the GameCube is a is a must pick up for any uh, video game fan. Uh, it's relatively affordable still yeah. too. Like the console itself, hundred between 100 and 150 bucks, depending on where you're buying it and what's coming with it. Uh, there are some peripherals out there that are way more expensive, like the Game Boy Advance player and whatnot, but if you're just looking for the console, a controller or two, a memory card and some games, it's definitely still somewhat affordable, really. And you're going to get a great experience out of it. There's a perfect amount of multiplayer, first-person shooters, RPGs, platformers. The graphics on a lot of games still hold up. Uh, a lot of these games are great for kids and for people who are, you know, Consider themselves mature gamers if you want (laughs) to play those types of games. There are games with Blood, and there are games with Hello Kitty. Yeah. So you've got both (laughs) spectrums. So 100%, yes, I recommend the GameCube. It's my favorite console of all time. Probably always will be. Uh, I really hope that Nintendo at some point put these games onto their current hardware. But until then, we'll have to just wait and see. But what about you, Mike? Do you recommend people out there pick up the GameCube?
1: Yeah. You know, after after 555 fence. games, two and a half years, 140 episodes, I'm on the fence still. <laughs> it was funny. I was at a game store and I was actually with a friend of the show, Matt, uh, and he saw the GameCube there uh, for sale. He's like, only like $140? I was like, yeah. GameCubes are still relatively cheap. It's just the games that you buy for it that All are pretty right. expensive. But, of course, if you listen to our eBay $100 challenge, you can get five or six very good games for under $100. So you can definitely have a lot of fun with that console still. Uh, obviously, the, the controllers are still ex- extremely expensive. But, yeah, I mean, the GameCube is my favorite console. It always has been. It always will be. It's my touchstone to console gaming. I have so many fond memories with it. And it was really really cool to be able to make new memories with the GameCube, which is something I honestly never, ever thought would happen. You know, when you're a kid, when you trade in your games, when you move up consoles, you just assume like, that's it. I'm never going back to this. And in some ways, it's true. Like I really haven't touched my Wii very much since I stopped playing it in like 2010 or something or 2011. There's something about the GameCube that just has this, this power to really push people and really make you come back to it and play it. And one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast about the GameCube was that Girlfriend's reviews, I don't know if they're still active, but she like made these uh, videos about uh, just games and uh, gaming uh, culture in general and she would talk about her first experiences with some of these games literally playing them in present day and then she did a whole episode on the GameCube and that was like a big light bulb to me be like yes like she's saying everything I've been telling people for the last 15 years (laughs) about why the GameCube is still cool why it's still really really accessible and why people should go back and play it and for you know all the reasons we've said a billion times on this episodes or on this podcast already, the graphics, the games, the controller, the the ability to play with friends, the the cube itself, the colors, the the shadows, the water textures, like the fact that all the games themselves on this console were completely reinvented, really, from their other franchises, like. There's so much cool things to talk about and so much positive things to talk about with the GameCube. There's really not a lot of like negative stuff we can even bring up with uh, the Cube other than its sales, uh, which is really the saddest part. So it was really, really cool being able to talk about it for like and talk about it so in depth as I have with my friends before this podcast even started. And uh, I got to do it with my best friend here. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I completely forgot that kind of what sparked this podcast idea was the Girlfriend Reviews video, which came out in the pandemic, I suppose. And yeah, she made one video. We made 138.
1: <laughs> Basically, yeah.
0: Podcast episodes. I guess it's a little easier to do a podcast than a YouTube video. But yeah, no, it that, that video does summarize, I guess, our thoughts on the, uh, on the console really well. But if you want to go back and listen to all of our episodes, we recommend you do that mm-hmm. as well. And one more, cha- one more time, we will go through the stats of the GameCube before we close out the rest of the episode. For those of you that may not have listened to our very first episode, let's go through the stats of the GameCube mm. one last time. The GameCube was released on September 14th, 2001 in Japan, released in November 18th, 2002 in North America, discontinued in 2007. The console was forecasted to sell 50 million units. The GameCube ended up selling 21.75 million units around the world. These consoles were shipped to North America and South America for about 13 million of those, 4 million to Japan, and about 4.7 to other regions. Uh, To this day, it is the 10th best-selling Nintendo console, including handhelds, And the top 10 best-selling games on the console were in order at number 10, Mario Party 5, number 9, Animal Crossing, number 8, Pokemon Colosseum, number 7, Mario Party 4, number 6, Metroid Prime, number 5, Luigi's Mansion, number 4, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, number 3, Super Mario Sunshine, number 2, Mario Kart Double Dash, and number 1,
1: Super Smash Bros. Melee. Mm, And fun fact, that was the last time that Mario Kart was not the best-selling game on a Nintendo console.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I guess,
1: I don't know why that is.
0: That's interesting, though. Yeah, I guess, I don't know why that was. I mean, it was a pack-in game at one point.
1: Well, I think it's just the fact that Mario Kart is now, like, the game that you get with Mm. Nintendo. It's just, like, that's, like, forever associated with, right? But,
0: yeah. It was on the cusp of being great, but uh, not quite. About half a million short of being uh, Super Smash Bros. melee level, but... Mike, where do you see the GameCube going from here? <laughs> Should we talk about that before we uh, talk about our next project?
1: Well it is twenty one Neil, so I, I see it going to bars in the States probably. You know, it's gonna <laughs> it's probably graduating from school soon. It's uh it's doing its undergrad, maybe gonna go to law school after and uh, maybe start a family and you know it's it's some exciting times for the little gamecube he's grown up right in front of us and it's it's really exciting oh you're talking about the actual i see
0: yes uh, the cube itself without legs and arms and a, and a brain
1: well i mean it's gotta come to virtual console or something at some point right surely think. <laughs> i mean it, nintendo it, it's funny because the gamecube for me has always felt like the weird step uh, child of Nintendo. They've never really given it the time of day, uh, and, and, like, for a long, long time, they wouldn't even use GameCube, the name, in any of their advertising, in their games, uh, it wasn't until recently, and I forget what game this was, that actually said GameCube, like, the word GameCube on it, uh, like, or they called, like, the GameCube controller, like, a GameCube controller, uh, I, because I remember for Smash, they call it the fight stick. Yeah, they would call it the fight controller, fight stick, or something. It was really weird. Nintendo has a weird relationship with the stepchild, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it definitely feels like they 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 ne- never really love them, and they're like, oh, I guess you'll do. So I've seen that that relationship warming up a bit. It's weird to say a relationship with yourself, like Nintendo's relationship <laughs> with themselves, um, with the Mario Party, the Super Mario Party All Stars, or whatever it's called, where you can actually play just the GameCube minigames on it and it shows the gamecube logo and uh says nintendo gamecube a tm uh on there which i don't think i've ever seen since for a um uh, for nintendo game so that was cool to see i was like oh well maybe this is a good sign maybe we will actually see a gamecube coming in some way i think it'll definitely come to nintendo online services at some point I think there's a lot of nostalgia for the GameCube, especially right now. Uh, As we've seen and talked about on this podcast, the GameCube is very uh, in- you know there's a lot of creators around like we we we're, we're, we're around GameCube Galaxy <laughs> does it there's the GameCube Gram which has like almost a million followers which is very popular uh I, and i think GameCube is you know it's one of those things that it's it's the the niche thing it's like the the, the thing that's kind of cool to like it's like oh i don't like SNES i like GameCube like it's like very much <laughs> the the other the hipster thing yeah and, and i think the biggest thing is the fact that it's being able to stay relevant with their the game titles and also the fact that the games still look good on the GameCube where PS2 and Xbox are pretty tough to go back to nowadays. So uh, I think we'll definitely see it coming to some kind of virtual console in the future. Will we get a GameCube Mini? I'm not sure. We, we never got an a, a, a N64 Mini, but uh, if we get GameCube Bluetooth controllers, Neil, I am going to buy... <laughs> As many as I am allowed to. <laughs> I will I will buy dozens. You and everybody
0: else who loves the GameCube. Those things are going to go up on eBay for 500 <laughs> bucks a pop day yes. one, hands down. <laughs> That'd be so cool if they made those, actually. I don't think we're going to see a GameCube mini classic console come out ever. I think the whole classic mini console thing is done. Uh, well, when did the SNES one come out? 2018. It's been like four years since they since they did that. I, I would be shocked if they come out with a GameCube mini now. We Same. may have predicted that like three years ago, but... Not now, not at all. The GameCube collection on whatever Nintendo's next console is, I think is more likely. I think the Switch now, it could happen, but like we're slowly getting N64 games right now and the Switch has got to be close to the end of its life cycle. So the next console or whatever their online service is, I think that's where we'll see it. We've talked about that a whole bunch. I would just like to see some more sequels come out to games that got left behind or stranded on the GameCube, like specifically F-Zero. Which we talked about yeah. earlier. I would love to see, honestly, if that's the only sign of, of GameCube that we ever see again, to have like an F-Zero port and a sequel or a sequel come out on Nintendo console, Switch or Switch 2. That would be fantastic. I would love that. I would like to see more of these GameCube ports come out, like we just saw a couple of years ago with Twilight Princess and Wind Waker on Wii U. I'd like to see more of that come in come to switch um it'd be nice to have some of these like old star wars like rogue squadron 2 and Mm -hmm. luigi's mansion and wind waker come out again and like even the original pikmin just these ports like just port these games up i don't care like that would be totally fine too we don't need all 555 games as we've talked about i would like to see just some remasters and remakes of the good ones yep and uh, nintendo knows what those are but Until then, uh, we just have our our thrift store shoppers and our eBay hunters like us that are going to go around and and play these games and and make some pretty good HDMI cables that you can hook up to your TV (laughs) to make the games look like they should if Nintendo actually cared about them and put them on Switch.
1: Yeah, luckily the fans are taking over Nintendo's job of basically remaking some of these games and even indie devs kind of remaking or making these games that are very much inspired by Uh, Some of these classic GameCube games like the Paper Mario series, there's quite a few indie devs in that space right now. So yeah, time will tell what happens to the GameCube library, but I really hope I get to play virtually in my lifetime.
0: I hope so too. Our time is running out, so Nintendo better hurry (laughs) up. And the time is running out for this podcast, Mike. I think that it's about time that we finally retired. The title of the GameCube was cool.
1: That's right, Neil. I think it's it. The GameCube officially is cool. Cool. I think is. you can say that Ooh. now.
0: Switching it over from was to is. <laughs> I like that.
1: <laughs> but to announce our change in title, here is Friendly Show and th- official third member, Victor.
0: Unlocking What Was Cool, a nostalgia podcast. That's right, folks. The GameCube Was Cool podcast is being rebranded in March 2023 as Unlocking What Was Cool. A nostalgia
1: podcast.
0: That's right. The first episode will be going live on March 2nd, 2023, and we will continue to go live every Thursday. And we're planning on continuing the trend of having January and February off as a break, but we'll talk way more about that later. Mike and I will continue to be the hosts, of course, as it always has been, with the occasional guest. Maybe it'll end up being way more often, as we learned on this show. We had guests quite a bit. Uh, We're going to be talking about so many more things other than just video games. We're also going to be talking about movies, albums, TV shows, and yes, we will be talking about GameCube games again as revisits. Don't worry, the GameCube will always be a part of our DNA as a show. Mm -hmm. We're basically becoming a nostalgia podcast. We're going to be talking mostly about things from the 90s and 2000s, but we'll also be dipping into older things when it makes sense. Probably won't be going much older than things from the 70s, but we'll have to wait and see. And we'll try to keep things uh, from not going as newer than 2010. We're trying to keep things mostly from our childhood that we grew up with. Um, The big change will be that we'll be covering one thing per episode. We're not going to be talking about six to ten games in one episode. Thank God, because that was getting to be quite exhausting.
1: Yeah, no more movie tie-in uh, <laughs> collections <laughs> anymore, which is nice. And we get to actually talk about things that we know really well, we enjoy a lot. But we'll also be talking about things that we might not know as well and might want to do some more research on and are just really interested in the subject. And it's going to be a lot of fun kind of finding out some of these um, uh, these games, these movies, these albums to talk about. We'll, we'll try and space them out, too, so we have a a, a big diverse kind of uh set of a lot of these kind of episodes and these different topics and yeah we're just we're really excited to be talking about Something that's not GameCube all the time, but don't worry. Yeah, we'll still talk about GameCube. We'll still bring it up at least twice an episode. Oh, easily.
0: <laughs> easily be talking about GameCube a lot. And when we revisit games, it'll mostly be games that we talked about earlier on in our podcasting career, like Luigi's Mansion, that game we talked about in our second episode when we were not very good at podcasting. So we're definitely going to revisit that one and uh, others like Melee and Double Dash. And we'll probably end up talking about Twilight Princess again in a few years when we feel like sure. that we were bad at podcasting now, because every time <laughs> we listen scary. to ourselves a year ago and a year we still feel like that we sucked even last year so we continue to get better and we will want to revisit games again in the future but we're also going to be talking about video games on other consoles too like handheld consoles and playstation pc probably xbox we'll see we both hate the xbox so that (laughs) might that might take a lot to get us to jump over to that platform but we'll have to wait and see and mike and i both have a lot of different hobbies outside of video games we both love music and movies and and tv shows so we're excited to bring that to the show as well and uh, yeah, it's going to be a great mix of things to talk about throughout the year, and we're very excited to uh, to share our love for other things with you, the audience.
1: Yeah, and in terms of uh, how it's going to kind of all work, firstly, it'll we're, we're kind of restarting. We're starting at episode one, mm-hmm. um, and so it's uh, think of it, GameCube was cool as the, the first season of our kind of Wes Cool Network of podcasting um and so that's going to season 1 this will be season 2 i guess you could call it and that'll run till whenever we get bored of this i don't know <laughs> who, who knows we're just taking it one one step at a time uh, of course there'll be lots of returning segments Victor as you heard he will still be the the voice he is the third member we love having him on he helps a lot we honestly really appreciate it uh, we'll still have our opening banter, as we always do. It's a kind of a great warm-up for us, and we honestly love to do it. it feels like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> uh, we'll have the mailbag still, where we'll be reading some fan mail on the show. We love to kind of toot our own horn, and it gives you the opportunity to tell us all the stuff that we get wrong. <laughs> That's right.
0: And we're also going to continue to post our month schedule on our Discord channel, so if you don't uh, belong to our Discord channel, please follow us there. We always want our community to have the option to share a story, a memory, a fun fact about what we are talking about. About So we can include our listeners into the show too. So these stories will be peppered into the episode as more of a conversational side dish, if you will, as opposed to being a part of our mailbag. We just basically want people to share their memories of the game or the movie that we're talking about. And that will be done on our discord channel again, which I guess we'll have to rebrand that as well. It's going to be a lot of rebranding next year. For sure. (laughs) That's right. We're also going to be continuing our Patreon, of course. Uh, That'll go live again in March when we restart. The main changes there is that there will only be a $5 tier per month. Not that we don't appreciate the $1 uh, Patreon tier, but we just want to have something for everybody, and we couldn't really think of what to do for the $1 tier. So to keep it simple, $5 or nothing. And the $5 tier will get you your name right in the credits at the end of the show, as it currently goes. Um, You'll also have the ability to vote on an episode topic. Every month, there will be one episode where the topic will be decided on by an election. The popular vote will be the next month's voted topic. Uh, Patreon subscribers will have the option to submit suggestions for that show topic as well. Um, Mike and I will have the right to veto any topic if we don't want to do them, so it's mainly suggestions only, which we will then put up for a vote, and we will hold those elections one month prior to the episode going live, so we have a chance to prepare. So you could submit an option of a video game, or a movie, or an album, or a TV show, and we will talk about those on the show, and then you'll all get the chance to vote
1: on them as well. That's right. And we'll also be putting up our episodes early and ad-free just as we do right now. And occasionally we will put up some bonus episodes uh when we feel like it. Like if Obi-Wan season 2 or something came out. <laughs> uh or honestly probably Andor season 2 we'll we'll maybe do some bonus episodes or something for that. But who knows? The the future is uh is unknowable. There'll be lots of good Patreon perks though, over there, so definitely please support us in uh, March of 2023. Yes, that's right.
0: And on our social media pages, I mean, this is always changing for us, so who knows what it'll be. But for right now, we're probably going to delete our Twitter account because we don't check it pretty much ever. And Twitter seems like a garbage fire right now from (laughs) what I'm seeing in the news. So I think we're probably going to leave that one in the dust. But you can definitely still find us on Instagram, Discord, and Facebook. And again, we will be rebranding all of that in the new year. But if you still enjoy listening to our GameCube content, not to worry. We will keep all of the GameCube is Cool podcasts on all of the feeds. So if you ever want to go back and listen to our first episode again, just for the nostalgia, uh, you can. It will still be on there until we run out of space or whatever happens. If an EMP goes off um, (laughs) and everything gets wiped out, you'll have bigger issues to worry about than trying to find (laughs) our podcast at that point.
1: Yeah, that's the bigger issues to worry about. Find the Twinkie factory. That's what I've learned (laughs) uh, when an apocalypse happens.
0: Right. That's right, Mike. Twinkies and cockroaches will be the only thing that survive a a nuclear apocalypse. But why don't you let listeners know what they can expect on the first three episodes of Unlocking What Was Cool?
1: Yes, Neil. So on the first three episodes of our new podcast coming in March of 2023, we're starting off with Kirby's Return to Dreamland, which is going to be coming out actually on the Switch around the same time, the kind of deluxe edition of it. I love this game and I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of bridge the gap between GameCube and our new format. Also, this was supposed to be a GameCube game, so there'll be a lot of fun things to talk about. Well, we won't be able to skip the GameCube Neil, it'll just, <laughs> everything will be related to it. So, we'll be talking about Kirby and him finally getting a proper game, and Luigi's Mansion will also be our second episode. Time to revisit this episode. It was our second episode on the GameCube was cool, so it's only fitting that it's our second one here, because this is a bit of a rough episode for us Neil. it was the only you know, it's only the second time we did this uh and we also have a lot of people who wanted to come on this episode that we just didn't know about before so right uh it's gonna be a fun time having them all on and then our first album that we'll be talking about weezer's the blue album one of the most influential albums for us for sure love talking about the blue album love Uh, comparing it to Pinkerton having that argument Uh, we'll recreate the SNL Weezer skit for sure for that one Uh, yeah and so those are going to be our three first episodes and honestly I'm really excited to talk about all three
0: yeah that's a that's a good mix of our first three episodes it's got some a new game that we haven't talked about yet an old game that we're revisiting and an album which you and I love talking about music so it's going to be a great time going back starting off strong in uh, Mm -hmm. in 2023 but until then, Mike, we're going to take a much needed 2-month vacation from podcasting because it's been uh, almost 3 years of doing this and uh, we need to we need to get some rest. <laughs> I need my beauty sleep. Yeah, we need our beauty sleep. We look we look like demons at this point. So <laughs> I guess uh, for now we'll just say our goodbyes and then I will close out the episode for the very last time. So, listeners, thank you so much for listening and enjoying our show and we will be back in March.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the downloads. Thank you for the, the love, the support, all the love for the GameCube, the little purple cube that just keeps on chugging. Uh, we're so happy that there were so many GameCube fans out there and the fact that this console has kind of brought a, everyone closer. And yeah, honestly, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. Everybody love everybody. And thank you so much for listening to episode 125 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. Thank you so much for listening to any episode of the GameCube is Cool podcast, your weekly GameCube podcast that went live every Thursday for 138 straight weeks in a row, all on on all of your favorite podcast services. Thank you for leaving us ratings and reviews so we can make the show the best GameCube podcast on the internet. Thank you for supporting the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is cool and getting the show ad free and a little early. Thank you to all of you who followed us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and joined the weekly conversation on our Discord channel and for sharing us with your friends and family. And thank you for weirdly telling them all that Neil and Mike said hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for the support and letting us finally say that the GameCube is cool. We will see you all next year. See you next year. (laughs) Bye-bye. 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think
1: inside the box. that's the national progression but neil I, th- I think it might be time to actually make our big announcement what do you think
0: yeah 100 percent, mike let, let the fans know what they can expect for uh once we're done this podcast again we have 1600 games left but in five years uh let so, them know what console we're covering
1: spot to end well in five years episode, neil. I think. perfect okay. we will well, be covering
0: whoever did uh you, uh you know if you're listening to this in the far future uh, uh i will be Oh, the, I don't know. Um, Grave finding app. I'm sure that there'll be some kind of an Uber Eats app for finding graves by then. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll hit end there. I don't think we have any ending segment, song,
1: credits.
0: <laughs>